0: Nichols, I'm Jake Smith, and we've got a bit of a special episode today. Uh, If you notice, Darren, who usually doesn't want to introduce himself this early because he says it interrupts the flow, uh, not only hasn't introduced himself, but he hasn't said anything at all. That is because my poor sweet friend Darren has uh, a dental emergency, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, Basically, he has some sort of abscess or something. This might be too much information. I might be—he might not want me to be saying these things. But uh, essentially, his mouth is bad, and uh, rather than subject him to having to record one of these episodes while he was in excruciating pain, I figured I'd just jump on the mic, uh, record a little something for us, and uh, just uh, get get a little caught up because we have fallen a bit behind on the movies that I've seen and what we've talked about on the show, often because Darren is flapping his gab. Uh, flabbing his his gab. Uh, yeah, it'll be a little bit interesting to see how this episode goes, because obviously, uh, while we do claim to be an advice show, most of the episode (laughs) comes down to us just talking to each other. So, it'll be a little bit unique, but, you know, uh, we'll just roll with the punches, because this is better than... Forcing Darren to record and it's also better than the episode that came out last week which had a lot of uh Errors I guess is one way to put it Uh, some people might think that I did that to Darren's tooth because his recording was bad last week And that's not true because my recording has been the bad one more often than his ever has Uh, anyway, let's get on with it Uh, my week all right. So Darren has previously talked on this very podcast about how he has worked for Wag, walking some dogs, and uh, I'm actually in the the job search myself. And so I figured uh, I haven't seen my dog in a couple months. I miss the little guy. Well, he's a he's a big guy, but I miss him. So I figured I would try giving Wag a shake. Uh, I went through the whole process, got it all down, asked Darren for advice, uh, and I got signed up for my first job. So I take the train, it's a little bit out of my way, but you know, I was reading on the train, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, I get there, and it said that uh, like the they had a lockbox under their doormat, which I was sort of wondering how that was gonna work, but uh, I figured, you know, if it says it, then it'll all be fine. So I get there. I walk there. I was a little worried about too, being too early. I don't know if that's much of a concern. Obviously, you don't want to be like hours early, but uh, I, I I don't know what the what the correct protocol is. Like if it's at twelve thirty and I get there at twelve fifteen, is that too early? Obviously, someone is trying. They've they've timed this so that the dog has the least amount of time at home alone or whatever possible, or like the least amount of time in between. They're trying to split their day in half, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, I get there. Another guy comes out of the building. I'm like, cool. Does, I don't really That doesn't bother me. I don't care. That's not information that bo- uh, matters to me. And then I start looking around for this lockbox, and I just don't see anything. So I keep looking around, and I'm like, maybe I'm at the wrong building. And I look, and I have the right address. I see where other dog walkers before have been uh, successful in getting in and everything. So I'm thinking, I must just be like a total idiot or something. I don't know what's going on. I walk like all around the building. I'm I'm worried at this point, basically, that I look very suspicious. Because, I mean, I was looking for a key to get in, but uh, I just, I, I'm not sure. Uh, so... There's a, you have the ability to like text the dog owner through the app, basically. Uh, and so I text her and I'm like, hey, I'm here trying to give your dog a walk and I don't see the key or anything. No reply. And then the guy who I saw leave the building walks up and he's like, oh, hey, are you trying to get in? And I was like, yeah, he's like, I'll let you in. I was like, OK, uh, it seems like maybe you should be asking more questions at this point. But if you're going to let me in. That's not an issue. So I I tell him that I'm another one of the dog walkers. I tell him the dog I'm walking. He lets me in and I'm like, cool, thank you for your help. He's like, all right, have fun. And I was like, am I going to be able to get back in with this dog? Uh, And he just left the front door unlocked and I went for the walk and all that was great. Uh, And then this lady comes up to us and she has her dog and she's like asking about what she thinks is my dog and the two dogs are, like, smelling each other. She's like, oh, does he like to play and run around? And I was like, yeah. And so she takes her dog off the leash, and I'm like, I don't think that the very first dog I walk I can take off the leash. Like, I'm walking down pretty empty streets pretty far from the sidewalk, and I'm still very nervous that this dog is going to get hit by a car or something. I definitely cannot be taking him off of his leash. So I didn't and I felt like she was weird about it the whole time but I didn't want to lose the dog basically uh so I send the lady a text I'm like hey another dog walker let me in I locked the door it's all good she doesn't reply and then I drop the dog off when we're done with our walk and immediately she gives me a tip which uh of course I appreciate so don't make it I don't want it to make it seem like I'm looking a, t- a tip horse in the mouth But if she had her phone and she saw what was going on, like she didn't reply to what I was saying about the key. I don't know. It's very, uh, very interesting, very interesting experience. Uh, I've walked several dogs since. Not a not quite so eventful. Uh, But yeah, the pay isn't ideal, but it is nice to walk a dog. I've missed having dogs around me. So that's uh, that's something really nice in my life. Also today, uh, recording on Memorial Day, another thing that Darren doesn't like us mentioning is what day we're recording, but Darren's not here, so I can play, (laughs) I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, Basically, it's Memorial Day, and I was walking to the grocery store, I just wanted some mangoes and maybe some other little treats for myself. I ended up getting some cereal and a thing of almond milk because I am lactose intolerant. Even though I've been taking lactate lately and it has been uh, helping me. And I walk past Fenway Stadium because it's right on my way to the grocery store. And this guy asked me if I want a ticket. And I just like, does this guy think I want to take like this big thing of cereal and milk into the baseball game? Uh, Imagine me like instead of those little helmets that have... Ice cream in it. I've got like a full helmet, like a full head-sized helmet, just full of cereal and this milk. And uh, if you imagine that, then you you're imagining the same thing I was imagining when this guy asked me if I wanted a ticket. Uh, and I was just a little uh, a little annoyed with the guy, a little annoyed with the fellow. Like, uh, of course not. Of course, I don't want to fucking go to the baseball game right now, buddy. I've got I've got to get all this stuff home, you fool. This milk is going to go bad. Uh, anyway, let me catch up a bit on some TV shows that I've been watching. Uh, the first one, in just chronological order, I suppose, is the TV show Barry, starring Bill Hader as a hitman-turned-actor. Uh, I watched season one, and then I got caught up and finished season two as the finale aired basically uh which was last weekend at this point. Uh it's and it's a very interesting show because the characters several of the characters are very entertaining. Uh Barry at times can be funny and he's he's an interesting character, I suppose. Uh the hitman turned actor thing is not something I've seen before. But uh the real standout has to be Noho Hank for me. He is a Chechen mob guy. He's kind of a mob boss who, uh, by his own admission, he has the the manner of an optometrist. He's an optometrist by nature. So uh, it's a fun it's a fun uh, dynamic where he's supposed to be like this leader of this big mob, but he's also like a softie and he's just very funny. Uh, I really like him in the show. And there are some other good characters, but the show itself is uh, it's a little lacking because, Uh, let me think of the best way to put, I guess you don't really understand what Barry ever wants, like what he's trying to get because he becomes an actor, but he doesn't actually seem very interested in acting. Uh, he's taking acting classes like multiple times a week, but he's not like taking it very seriously. It's kind of weird. And like, he's trying to get out of the hitman business because he doesn't want to murder people, which is totally fair. But then, like, he ends up in a lot of situations that you would think would be easily avoidable uh, if you didn't want to be a murderer. But I, uh, they do actually, that's not entirely true. They do a good job of, like, ramping up the uh, tension so that he has to be in these situations. But then, almost every time, and I guess this is a spoiler, almost every time that it gets to a point where. Everything is against Barry, and it's, like... I don't know. It's, like, that Breaking Bad moment where you're, like, what's gonna happen? Everyone is, like, coming in around him. Is he gonna kill his brother-in-law? What's gonna happen? Everything sort of just gets, like, cleared up for him. Uh... So, there's a situation where, like, he kills this cop who finds... No, no, no. Sorry. Uh... That was a bit of a spoiler. Spoilers for Barry here. Uh... He, like, kills a bunch of the Chechen mob because uh, Noho Hank gives them the drop that they're going to kill him. And, like, he leaves a bunch of evidence, but then somehow the police just, like, believe that uh, Guatemalans, I think, did it or something. But then, like, his friend who is with the Chechens has his tooth left there. And so it seems like, oh, maybe they are going to get busted, but then, like, the guy finds them, and he's just wants, like, it doesn't, Barry is never there's never consequences uh you never you never really know like it never seems like it's all gonna come to a head or anything. It's a little disappointing in that sense like they do a very good job of setting it all up and then they just let it diffuse itself and that's frustrating So overall I'd give the show like a six and a half out of ten because some of it's very funny some of it's very interesting but like the overall arc of the show is just lacking for me Uh, and something that's interesting is that Noho Hank who I think is the best character uh, who I think is the best character I'll say it that way they originally wanted to kill him in the pilot and uh, I think you learn this fairly often about TV shows where um, like Breaking Bad Jesse Pinkman was supposed to die early on and he obviously stuck around until the end of the show. I think, I think he sticks around for at least a while. Uh, the next show I'm going to talk about had a similar situation where they were going to kill a character early on in season one. And now that character has become like a big part of the show and has stuck around. And that's sort of interesting to me in the sense that uh, I think that at least me, even like as someone who wants to be a TV writer it often feels like these people have everything figured out going in. Like you often hear, oh yeah, Vince Gilligan knew uh, from like the first moment moments that how Breaking Bad would end. And while that might be true that they have like a general idea how it's going to end, uh, these things are a lot more flexible than we think based on like fan reaction or uh, just the the writers changing how they feel or realizing that they like characters and so on. Another interesting example I read recently is that they changed the character of Leslie Nope after season one because people thought that she was kind of just like, uh, I, I don't know the best. I don't remember exactly the term, but just like a shrill, like uh, this is what people said. She was just like a shrill, uh, ditzy female character. And so they kind of went away from that. And she's. Like I mean, she's obviously smart, and she's she's just like a very she's a very fully realized character, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And she has like a lot of passions and things that she's very knowledgeable about, and other things that she's not so knowledgeable about. And she's just like more fleshed out, and that uh, is something that happened because of fan response. And I think that that's very interesting, uh, just how often we hear that something like that happening in TV. Because if you would believe what writers say, they just uh, go into a room and come out like five minutes later with something written. And that's just off. All, not often, always not the case. Uh, William Faulkner claims to have written The Sound of the Fury in like a week or something. And that's just obviously not true. Anyway, uh, another example and by example i just mean another tv show uh which i mentioned previously or alluded to of a tv show where that happens is killing eve uh i can't remember if i've talked about this on the show before i watched all of season 1 a couple months ago really enjoyed it season 2 has just had its season finale yesterday so uh I don't want to spoil too much of the show. I don't know if Darren will listen. I don't know if he's seen the show or what. But uh, if anyone out there is listening and hasn't seen the show, it's just a very good show. So I don't want to spoil anything. uh, Because it is one of those shows. With Barry, I feel like I can tell you that the stakes don't really pay off. And that's not going to ruin the show too much. But with Killing Eve, I feel like if I say too much, it will truly spoil the show. So uh, speaking in like vague terms... It's got some just truly incredible acting. Uh, The storylines are, if at times a bit ridiculous, they're always pushing something unique, I think. Uh, Even as someone who I think oftentimes I figure out twists in shows before other people would. This isn't me bragging. It's just like, I mean, honestly, it's kind of a bad thing, I think, about what I'm doing with my life because you don't get to enjoy a show to the same degree, I think. Uh, And I'm not saying that I'm the world's greatest or anything. I'm just in the, I'm in the upper tier, uh, upper middle class of understanding twists. Uh, Anyway, I think the show does a good job of keeping even someone like me on edge with like some of the plots that they they pull out and uh some of the things that happen that's almost vague to the point of meaning nothing but uh i really enjoy the show i'd give it like an eight out of ten probably i uh it's hard to say it's hard to rate a show that hasn't concluded yet because i think the way a show ends has so much to do with how we uh remember a show which is uh why game of thrones is no longer the greatest show of all time even though some people would have said it was just several months ago but uh that's all beside the point killing eve is definitely a show that i think you should check out uh wait did we used to say buy it try it or fry it that was something we used to say like months ago i'd say buy it and by buy it i mean watch it on like amc or bbc america or just however you can get it Uh, I would highly recommend it. I don't want to say too much again, but the acting is phenomenal. Jodie Comer does a great job. Sandra Oh. uh, Oh, man, I can't remember his name, but the guy who plays Constantine is great. Uh, Constantine is a character who always just wears like a black jacket with a hood on it. And he was in several... Danish movies he's a Danish actor he was in several Danish movies the pusher wait he was in pusher and then uh oh man I can't remember what the the other one was called but another it was meant to be the sequel to pusher it doesn't really matter and he just wore like a black hoodie and he just kept his hands in his pockets and I like to imagine that he's just worn the same jacket for the last 20 years and he's just the same guy just like oh yeah I'm just whatever hanging out you know Uh, that's a lot of fun so if you've seen Pusher and the second movie oh Bleeder is the second movie I believe Uh, if you've seen Bleeder and you've seen Pusher then uh, you'll know what I'm talking about if you've seen Killing Eve anyway uh, there's a couple movies I want to review just some like flash reviews uh, mostly because I didn't enjoy them very much and I just don't think it does much good to dwell on these things Uh, let's see first up I'll go in reverse chronological order. Uh, First up is Brightburn. This is, uh, it's by, written and directed by James Gunn's brother and cousin. Uh, It's basically like a, supposedly a horror twist on the Superman origin story. And it does start the same way Superman does. A couple wants a kid, a meteor falls from the sky, they find the kid. He grows up, and when he's 12, he starts to realize that he has these powers, uh, even though even up to this point, like he's never bled or anything, he's never been cut, never had a bruise. Uh, basically, he realizes that he has Superman-like powers. Actually, I think he might just have Superman's powers. I can't remember exactly. But uh, instead of being the savior that this world so desperately needs, he is a bad guy who wants to destroy humanity, essentially. And uh, spoiler alert for the ending of the movie. Uh, they're setting up that this is going to be some sort of a dark, twisted Justice League. I don't know if that uh, will if the series will continue or if that was just a little uh, nod for us. Uh, supposedly... Uh, The guy from Super is the Batman figure. This kid is obviously the Superman. They hint that there is like a dark swamp thing. And uh, those little nods are nice. I have said on the show before that I like the DC movies. I'm a fan of all of that stuff. And so it's nice to see a new take on all of these things. And it's interesting that like, they're going dark because I think the criticism that those movies get is that they're already so dark. But uh, that's beside the point because it's like a totally different uh, feeling. <coughs> but really, this movie didn't do it for me. Uh, I think it it sets up what it's going to be and then it takes a really long time to actually get there. If it's supposedly a horror movie, I think I think that there could have been more moments of horror like there's a part where he's in this girl's bedroom and that sort of works but it's uh it's like too quickly uh moved past uh there's another part where he's like trying to get his mom and trying to kill her and it's just uh, i think what the problem is is that uh the parents aren't like super relatable Partially because the father is Roy from The Office, and I just don't think that he could ever be likable again, because obviously everyone likes Jim more, and Roy is a dickhead to him, basically, in scientific terms. So uh, it's, hard, it's hard to like him. The mom, I can't remember who the actress was. I mean, they all did a good job, so I'm mostly joking that uh, it's Roy's fault. But it's just like, no one feels truly fleshed out. We didn't really have anyone to latch onto and root for. It's just, uh, it was a little bit lacking in those ways. So I'd give it like a three out of 10 because there were a few moments of interest, but overall it's just, it doesn't work. Uh, But Darren and I could probably talk about this more because we both like superhero movies and we both like horror movies. It is a su- it is an attempt at a superhero horror movie. Uh, something that New Mutants is supposedly trying to be. Uh, and we thought that Aquaman might be a horror superhero movie just because of those people involved. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting to see that someone actually tried that. Uh, I'm having a hard time remembering what exactly I've talked about on this show previously. I'm looking at movies I've seen recently. Uh, John Wick Chapter 3. I think some of our discussion of this movie got cut off, or maybe it wasn't included at all. I can't remember. It's been such a long time, a whole week. Uh, But basically, it does a lot of the things that you want from a John Wick movie, but it also has like a weird political intrigue sort of thing, and admittedly, I haven't seen the second one, so I'm not fully caught up. I I knew everything that was happening, but maybe I would feel more emotional connection to what's happening But it just doesn't totally work for me. So I'm just gonna give it like a 7 out of 10 probably Because uh, I did enjoy it. It did have everything that I wanted it to have, but it also had more than that Uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu Uh, Darren probably has seen it at this point. I don't actually know But uh, spoiler alert for that movie, I suppose, even though I'm not sure I'll get too far into the spoilers, just because I don't want to uh, talk too much about this movie without Darren being here, because I'm sure he'll have things to say. But this is a movie that I went went into having low expectations. I went with a group of four people, including me. Three of us had low expectations. One of us had high expectations. Three of us enjoyed it. One of us did not. Uh, And the three that had low expectations were the ones who enjoyed it. I think that this is I, I wouldn't actually say that I've had low expectations. This movie was essentially everything I thought it was going to be. It was kind of a goofy movie, not the goofy movie of course, but it was it was a little bit silly. It had uh talking Pokémon and all of that. But the plot just wasn't it didn't work necessarily. Uh I think it works as you're watching through, but then the second you even think about it a little bit afterwards, it falls apart. And, you know, that's basically fine because it did what we all wanted it to do, I think. So I'm not going to be too mad at it. I'll give that one like a six and a half out of ten. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It just was Uh, not maybe I'll give it a six out of ten. But something that's very interesting is that it alluded to the facts from Pokemon, the movie 2000, I believe, or Pokemon, the first movie, one of these movies uh, that I saw a long time ago. And it seemed to imply that those movies are in some way canon. So that's pretty interesting. And we'll uh, we'll have to see if they're trying to make more of these live action Pokemon movies. I have to imagine that they would. Uh, let's see. I think that I'm actually mostly caught up on the movies I have seen recently, except for the one that I've just seen this evening. Uh, let me try to remember if I've seen any other TV shows or anything before I get into this final movie that will really be the meat and potatoes of what I want to talk about. Not that I haven't talked just endlessly about things already to this point, but, uh, no, Nothing that I can think of, so let's get into it. I've just seen Book Smart, Olivia Wilde's directorial directorial debut. Directorial debut? Directorial debut. Uh, Starring Caitlin Dever and Beanie Feldstein as two high school seniors who are about to graduate. Uh, When the movie starts, their graduation is tomorrow. And they realize that they've kind of wasted their high school years just taking everything so seriously and they've never had fun this whole time. So they set out to have a good time. Uh, I think that it's it's pretty so much super bad in plot basically because I think that that's about some teens who are going to go to a party. Sorry if there was some noise in the background there. Uh, it's about a, t- a group of teens who are gonna go trying to go to a party and they just meet like a bunch of roadblocks along the way. This movie is similar, but I think, uh, better. It's got a lesbian main character, which is really cool to see in a, like, big, not big budget necessarily, but like a, a big movie. Uh, everyone knows what I'm trying to say. It's got two female leads. It's got, like, just overall, it's got good representation of, like, people of color and just all sorts of stuff. Uh in a way that I think uh, what's cool about it is that it does have all this representation and it's also not making a point about it, you know? It just, it's, I mean, it's the kind of movie that I want to see more of all the time because it's not, uh, and while, like, okay, here's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes a movie will have, like, a black gay character and the point is that like oh there's a black gay character this movie doesn't even seem to be trying to do that it's just saying this is the world that we live in these characters are here this is just what it is and it just moves right past it and moves into the story and everything uh and that's just beautiful because that is the real world that we live in and the more that we get representation for all of that stuff the more kids will see it. Not that kids should be seeing this movie, but like kids will see it when they're younger and they'll get used to it. Uh, Something that we talked about on the show before is like I came from a very white area and just always seeing movies with white people, you just don't really know what to expect when you meet an Asian person or a black person or whatever. And of course, they're just people, but uh, I think I've made my point. This movie had representation and that is beautiful. Uh... Yes, and it, I think that it's, a lot of high school movies are trying to take a stance, I think a lot of like slasher movies, a lot of horror movies are taking a stance that like sex is bad, drugs are bad, blah, 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 and like obviously drugs are bad, but like are teens smoking some weed going to ruin the world? No. So that's this movie takes like a different stance where it's not like doing like hardcore drugs or like committing crime is like the coolest thing, but it's saying that like sometimes people do go do step out of their comfort zone and try something different. And that's what being a teen is all about. I think that it's like a pretty accurate representation of that sort of thing. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if the part where a guy like rents a yacht to throw a party is very accurate, uh, not to my experience, but also I came from somewhere where the closest yacht was probably like a thousand miles away. So what do I know? But uh, yeah, I think that it just did a very good job of showing a version of reality. That's pretty close to our reality while still being very funny. I think that, The chemistry between the two lead girls is fantastic. Uh, There's like a scene right at the beginning of the movie where they are dancing before they go to school. And it's super weird and like cheesy, but it just works because it's like who these girls are. And the acting is just very good. Uh, The acting for all the characters, uh, it's great. And I think that's something that a, a good message of this movie is that No one knows as much about other people as they think they do. Uh, The best friends included, like, maybe I was a bit this way in high school, if I'm being honest. But they're, like, uh, very bookish and they're judgmental. And they're just, uh, anyone who isn't working as hard as them, they see as below them. And obviously that's not the case because some people can work hard and have fun and do all these things. And it's just a good message that like, you don't actually know anyone as well as you think you do. Uh, So I think it's a fun movie. It's got a good message. It's got good representation. It's just overall a lot of fun. Uh, It's thoroughly ridiculous at times to, to, like extreme levels, but I think it all works because of what the movie is doing. So overall, oh man, I'm, I think I'm going to have to give this movie a nine out of 10. It's, oh, I think that this is the most fun I've had watching a comedy since eighth grade, probably. Uh, yeah, it's been like a year since I've, seen something obviously i've seen some dramas that i really enjoyed and like uh end game had some humor to it and i loved that but this is like a fairly straight comedy obviously it's got dramatic moments i don't know why i'm qualifying all my statements so much right now i think this is just what i do when i'm given free reign to say whatever i want uh so i apologize to anyone out there listening who, who would rather i say something funny But uh, it's just not coming to mind right now. Uh, Anyway, this movie is good. Rather than listen to me talk about it for 10 more minutes and saying the same things over and over again, I suggest you just go watch it. Uh, Obviously, it's not for children. But uh, that's never been our podcast job is to tell you what movies are rated. Uh, Oh, and then something else I think is cool that is worth mentioning is that it does have women in, like, sexual situations, but I don't think that, like, nudity or, like, the female body is ever, like, particularly exploited. Uh, there is, like, not nudity, but, like, swimsuits sort of thing. But I think it uh, it's not gratuitous. It makes sense in the situations, and I think that that's also something that is cool in movies and TV. Uh, I don't know why... For a movie to be good, a woman needs to have, like, her boobs out so often. Uh, Especially when the guy is, like, fully covered up to his neck with uh, a sheet or whatever. It's just a weird thing. And obviously, women expressing themselves is fine. Whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Women don't need to be naked for a movie to be good. Uh... Let's see if I have any final thoughts to wrap up. Uh, Nothing I can think of. If you claim to have a lockbox at your apartment to help someone get in, just make sure that it's there. Uh, Because otherwise, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I wish I had something funnier to wrap this all up with. Oh, here, I'll tell you. I don't know if this is necessarily funny, but I'll tell you about uh, something I was thinking of recently. So sometimes when I'm walking down the street, and I hope that in admitting this I don't sound like a psychopath, uh, but I might. Just walking down the street, sometimes I I get to wondering, as I'm sure many people do. Uh, I think like you know, there's someone right here. I wonder if I could. Okay. The more I'm thinking about what I'm about to say, I am I'm worried about how it's gonna come across. so I'm gonna say it and then I'm going to move on. But I wonder like if I, I could I just kill this person and like get away with it? Not that it's like anything about the person specifically and not that I would ever do it, but it's just it's something that I wonder from time to time. Could it happen? Could I get rid of all the evidence and kill someone and just get away with it. And obviously, this is not something that I want to do. I don't want to murder people. I don't like violence. I don't like it when people die. It makes me sad. But it's something that I've wondered. And I realized that this is why, if you ever see me, I'm probably wearing, like, bright colors or flashy clothes or just something that would make me stand out because it is a it's a way of keeping those thoughts at bay. Because I think to myself, if I killed this person, could I get away with it? And I realized, no, I'm wearing like a bright yellow and red sweatshirt. That's very recognizable. Or I'm wearing like bright red shorts or something along those lines. So, uh, I think I've figured out basically that my fashion is just a way to protect the world from myself. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to kill anyone, so don't worry about it. Uh... I think that that's all I have. I'm gonna get my friend David over here. He's gonna close us off. All right, David, go ahead. Remember, Darren's truth is fucked up, my guy. David, I'm pretty sure that's not the thing.